bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. My message today, I've just been uh, meditating in the book of Isaiah. And uh, I just want to share with you a word of encouragement from the book of Isaiah uh, that will help you to deal with life as it comes. And my message today is titled, This God. This God. And uh, I'm going to focus my teaching, the entirety of my exposition today, from Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 25 to 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 to 31. It's a passage most of you might have heard uh, before because it's a very encouraging prophetic word from the prophet Isaiah. And it reads, To whom then will you liken me? This is God speaking. Or to whom shall I be equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In this year, may this God cause his power to be manifested in every area of your life. Isaiah chapters 40 to chapter 66 is often called the New Testament section of the book. Uh, it has 27 chapters and is similar to the 27 books of the New Testament. Uh, Isaiah chapters 1 to 39 have a different focus. It focuses on God's judgment against Israel. So if you read the book of Isaiah from chapter 1 to chapter 9, uh, it's like woe, 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 and bad stuff being spoken about. But from chapter 40, this is the beginning of chapter 40 to the last chapter, chapter 66, it's about comfort 
and encouragement. And the reason why Isaiah from chapter 40 to chapter 66 is called the New Testament of the Bible is not because it is in the New Testament, but because in it you see all the major prophecies about the coming Messiah from chapter 40 onwards. Chapter 40, uh, which we are dealing with but we are not reading, uh, from verse 3, it talks about the voice of one crying in the wilderness. That is the beginning of the ministry of John the Baptist. Obviously, John the Baptist quoted this as his uh, as his ministry. And in chapter 53, we hear about the coming Messiah and what he is going to do and so on and so forth. So from Isaiah 40 to chapter 66, there are words of encouragement there. But uh, 1 to 39 uh, is not too encouraging. And interestingly, the whole I, the book of Isaiah is 66 chapters, almost like the 66 books of the Bible. And uh, the first one, uh, 1 to 39, is like the first uh, books of the Old Testament. And then the latter part is called the New Testament session. So it looks as if the book of Isaiah itself is divided into old and new. So we are in the new part of Isaiah. And that's where chapter 40 occurs. And uh, Isaiah wrote this amazing prophecy or was given this amazing prophecy 150 years 150 years before the people it was addressed to will need it because he's talking about the remnant of Israel and the comfort for them and that happened 150 years ahead of time so this prophecy of Isaiah even in the time it was given was 150 years ahead of time uh, so it's a very powerful prophecy. Uh, the passage that we have chosen is very powerful in many respects because it talks about God in very extraordinary ways. And there are five important things that we are going to note about God and the implication of those five important things to us as believers. Uh, so let's look at the five important things we note about God. First, the first thing we note about the passage is that God has no equal. God has no equal. In verse 25, he says, To whom then will you liken me, or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. God has no equal. No other gods, no other idol is close in any way to God. When God says he has no equal, he is saying that in the context of the other gods of the other nations that existed in the time of Isaiah. And he says he has no equal and cannot be compared to any one of them. God states boldly that he is in a class all by himself. God is in a class all by himself. There is none besides him. There is none before him. There is none behind him. There is none like him. I touched on this when I was teaching on the subject of angels. And I said that Satan is not the opposite of God. Uh, if Satan has an opposite, it will be an angel. Maybe like Michael or some other angel. But definitely not God. Because Satan is not a creator. He is a creation. 
Uh, he's created by God. God is in a class all by himself. And when we express faith in him, it is not a faith that is counterbalanced by another force. There is no force in the entire universe that is equal to or approximate to God. He is in a class all by himself. He is the original originator. One of these days I'm going to teach on the doctrine of God. Lord help me to get that day. Uh, when I, because I, I think sometimes we become so familiar with him that we miss who he is. He is an awesome God. He is the original originator. He is the first cause of all things. When I was a child, the, the question most people would ask is, so who created God? Well, no matter how far you go, who created God, who created the one who created God, who created the one who created the one who created God, if you go, 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 there is a first cause. And that first cause is God. He has no creator. He is the first that began the whole process of reality. There is none before him. There is none besides him. He exists all by himself as God. He doesn't need you to be God. He is God by himself. If you like him, it doesn't matter. If you hate him, it doesn't matter. If you worship him, it doesn't matter. Nothing you do will affect who he is. If you don't worship him, he's still God. If you say, I don't recognize you, he's still God. If you insult him, he's still God. He is God without your help. He's God without anybody's effort. You know, many times we think, oh, we, 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 when, when we worship him, then he will be God. No, if you decide we won't worship you forever, he's still God. Because before there was anything called anything, he was God. He lives in a class all by himself. This is our God. He has no equal. He's the first God. He's unique in all his ways. His ways are like none other. We cannot look at the ways of other gods and equate them to the ways of God. You know, sometimes you read, uh, sometimes and you hear people say, you know, people don't fear God because they can swear on the Bible. But if they went to swear uh, at the river God, uh, they will be afraid. A river God? You are comparing that little thing to God Almighty? Let me tell you, the river gods and the tree gods and the things you call gods whose rivers have dried up in the hierarchy of the forces in the supernatural world, they are at the lowest level. They are not thrones. They are not dominions. They are not principalities. They are not even powers. That thing you go and crack egg to, in the hierarchy of the spiritual world, they are nothing. And you compare that to Jehovah, the original originator? Do you know this God who created all things, including that God? He is God. He doesn't need a temple to be God. 
He doesn't need worshipers to be God. He doesn't need believers to be God. He doesn't need anybody to help him to be God. Sometimes you go to the small, small, small gods and they say they are angry. (laughs) Why are you angry, oh God? Because they haven't brought me eggs. They haven't brought me chicken. So what's your problem? You don't get chicken so you can't function. But we have a supreme one. I said we have a supreme one. If you don't give him chicken, he is God. If you don't tithe to him, he is God. If you don't give him offering, he is God. If you don't praise him, he is God. He is God all by himself. It is this God that we worship. That is our God. His name is Jehovah. He is almighty God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He holds all things by his power. Second statement that this passage makes about God. I'm just getting excited about God. Is that God does not forget. In verse 27 he says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God. Why are you saying that God has forgotten about you? Because he doesn't forget. He sees all the ways of all people. Our ways are not hidden from the Lord. He sees everything that happens on this planet earth. He sees whatever his children go through. He sees the schemes of the wicked. Nothing is hidden from him. And never say, why is my way hidden from the Lord? He sees all. He sees all things. He sees every corner of this planet. He sees every bedroom. He doesn't even see bedroom. He sees our thoughts. He sees the plans of the wicked. When people are working and scheming, he's reading their minds. His name is Jehovah. He knows the thoughts and the intents of people. When people say, I'm never going to tell anybody this secret, he knows that secret. The devil cannot read minds, but God can read minds. He knows our thoughts. He knows our intentions. He knows our desires. He actually knows our motives. So even when you are worshiping him and you are worshiping him, wrongly he knows can you imagine that he said lord i love you and he says they say it with their mouth but their heart is not in it because he knows your heart he knows all things nothing is hidden from him he doesn't forget he's never behind in all his works he does not pass over the just claims of his people he does not overlook the promises he has made to his children He says, when he says, vengeance is mine, he means it. God avenges his own. That's why he doesn't want you to take vengeance in your hands. That's why he doesn't want you to get so angry, you want to kill somebody. Because if there is killing to be done, leave it to him. You don't even need to tell him to do it. God knows how to avenge his own. He knows how to fight for his own. He knows how to deliver his own. He knows how to go to battle on behalf of his own. He's God all by himself and he doesn't forget. There is no prayer you have prayed that God has forgotten. 
Even the prayer you prayed when you were five years old. Only gentle Jesus, please help me get a shoe. He, he knows it. There is no prayer you have prayed that God has forgotten about it. There is no promise he has given that he has forgotten about. We have serve a God who never forgets. He never deletes information that he knows. He may not reckon it against you, but he will not delete it. He knows all things. He knows all things in the past. He knows all things in the present. And guess what? He knows all things in the future. This God, somebody has said, is too good. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mansa Otebe, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.